The Veteran Show is sponsored by Jeff and Laura Spetter. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM, 99.9 FM in Hartford County, and on the World Wide Web at WCBM.com. Time now for The Veteran Show with Jeff and Laura Spetter. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome to The Veteran Show with Jeff and Laura. My name is Joe Lynch. I'm your guest host tonight. Tonight it's July 1st, 2023. I'm with my producer, Michelle. Tonight, I want to remind everybody the purpose of this show is to help other veterans to navigate the Veterans Administration system and the vast web of veterans charities. Some of the work that we do here on The Veterans Show is to evaluate those veterans charities, take a look at some of their work, take a look at their their public filings, their Forms 990 from the IRS, and understand where their money's going, how they're using it, and what the best ways to move this stuff forward is. And if you'll all join me... Um, some of the, cha- the all, all the charities that we've evaluated here have been evaluated using Charity Navigator as well. Another reason for this show, and a very important reason, very close to all of us, is to address issues around veteran suicide. As we discussed today, the numbers range. We've we I hear them reported from twenties to even as, as many as fifty. The debate around the number is is sort of irrelevant because if it's more than one, that's too many taking their own lives. For those of you that are out there, reach out for help. The help is available to you. Take it. It's a hard step, but it's an important one. Now, please join me for our opening prayer. Glory to you, our God, and our hope. Glory to you. Heavenly King, Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and who fills all things the treasury of good things and the giver of life. Come and dwell in us and cleanse us of every stain and save our souls, O good one. Lord Jesus Christ, my God, you have said apart from me, you can do nothing. In face, I embrace your words. Lord, and I entreat your goodness. Help me to carry this message and to bring it to be helpful to those in need and to work in our work be pleasing to you. To you, I give glory. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'd like to join us tonight, our call in line is 410-922-6680. Again, that number is 410-922-6680. And again, for you veterans, if you need to speak with someone or if there's, if, if the day is just a little too hard to hold, the crisis line, all you have to do is dial 988 and then push option one. Or you can text a question or a concern or even a conversation to 838255. That number again is 838255. That's text out for help to your veterans. Finally, you can chat also on the veteranscrisisline.net. That's www.veteranscrisisline.net. All one word. And remember... As dark as it may seem, you're never alone. Now, Jeff and Laura, as they announced last week, are out this week and are going to be out again next week. So I'll be your guest host for the next two days. 
And coming up in July 15th, we have the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association Chapter 40-1 is having their bull roast. That bull roast will be at, on uh, in the Glen Burnie Elks Lodge at 878 Stevenson Road, Severn, Maryland. We'll be drawing our tickets for our raffle bike. It's a 1979 Shovelhead. It's a Harley-Davidson Custom FX. Yes, it's a pretty nifty bike. It's got a beautiful paint job. It's a spectacular bike. You should come see it. If you were to type into your search engine, whichever one you like, CVMA40-1 Bull Roast. Dozens of different sites will pop up for you to buy your tickets and take a look at the bike and, and move yourself along. Now, remember, Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association is one of our, our charities whose motive... Uh, Whose message is vets helping vets. Um, and this support goes a long way to help another charity such as Warfighter Advance and even shows such as this one. And again, reminding you, Jeff and Laura will be out this week and next week. And only also, only how myself, I've just learned to ask for help in a productive manner. I think it's, it, it, to me, it's been very, very important to be able to talk to other veterans that have also learned how to ask for help or more critically have discovered the war, the, the reward that comes with thinking of others first and helping others and reaching out. It's been my experience over the last several decades that service is the reward. All of us veterans have served. We've all chosen and written a check up to and including our lives to the United States of America, and we've all served our individuals. Now it is time to continue that service because reaching out and serving another human being is the greatest way to help yourself. Because to us, the U.S. The US veteran, the U.S. veteran is a unique person. The U.S. veteran is a servant. The U.S. veteran is a volunteer. The U.S. veteran is a representative of the moral and cultural center of the culture and of any culture. It is a culture that determines the fate of the veteran as society sends its men and women off to war. That society has to welcome those men and women back from war. Because as anyone that's been to war knows, war changes everything it touches. And we as a culture have to embrace that warrior who's returning because on our behalf, that warrior has been changed. That warrior has experienced things that have reshaped him. And ours, as our society, it is our role to carry that warrior, to hold that warrior until they can re-enter. As other warriors and as veterans, we find that taking that place, putting out our hand, helping out another veteran, carrying someone along, is the kind of service that serves oneself the greatest. Even in the book of Ecclesiastes, the Lord says, cast your bread upon the waters and it will be returned to you a thousandfold. And as Jeff and Laura are, fond of, Laura are fond of saying, and I've heard them say this before, and it's touched me deeply when they say it. 
a society that loses touch with its warriors also loses contact with its soul and its culture. Now, I'm thrilled to be able to introduce to you uh, uh, Jason Leach. Jason's the chief operating officer of an organization that we're going to speak about today called Operation Motorsports. Operation Motorsports is a veteran-led organization. It's it's a 501c3 not-for-profit organization based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Been serving American service members for a few years and has three basic core values of team, identity, and purpose. Operation Motorsports supports the recovery of medically retiring or retired service members affected by military service through motorsports opportunity. Motto is one at a time. And on the line, we have Jason. Jason, welcome. Hey, good evening. Thanks for uh, having me. Great to have you. Great to have you. Now, can you tell me when Operation Motorsports started? Uh, yeah, so Operation Motorsport is was officially founded in uh, 2017 uh, by Diesel Lauder and his wife, Tiffany Lauder. Uh, they're up in uh, Canada. Uh, and the way the program initially got started, they, they participated or they, they went to Anglesey Circuit in Wales, UK, and took part in what's called the Race of Remembrance. Uh, what this is is a 12-hour endurance race that takes place over our Veterans Day weekend their Remembrance Day weekend, and it's really a way to bring military service members and veterans together to remember, you know, the, the meaning of that weekend and in those days. Uh, so they attended this race of remembrance in in 2016, and they were really moved and impacted by seeing what it can do to help people move forward in their own recovery, uh, their own journey. Uh, and they came back and decided that they looked around and saw there's nothing quite like that here in North America and set upon, you know, a grassroots organization and, and putting uh, what's now today is uh, Operation Motorsport together. Oh, wow. That's quite a journey. That is quite a journey. Uh, it began in, and in, in you say that, that Tiffany and Diesel are both Canadians. Did, where did it begin? In uh, in Canada? Yeah, it initially began in Canada, in and around the Brighton, Ontario area. Uh, Diesel is a retired Army. Uh, he served for 35 years in the Logistics and Parachute Regiment. And his wife, uh, Tiffany, has been, uh, she's a 34-year military uh, and veteran spouse. Um, and through their connections and their, their side hustle inside of uh, IMSA, the International Motorsports Association, where they were doing some hospitality, they used their connections to start building support with various race car teams in order to host beneficiaries uh, inside of the race team. So we have a couple of different programs. We have what's called our Motorsport Immersion Program, which is the mainstay of our, our organization. And then we have our Diversionary Therapy. At the end of the day, what both these programs are designed to do is use motorsports as a therapeutic way, like you said in the intro there, to help, help uh, medically released or medically recovering service members and veterans rebuild a sense of team identity and purpose. Now, if you pause to look at how race operations are conducted, I'll equate it to aircraft operations in the military or small team operations in the military, where you have, you know, that person on your left or your right, you know, you work together, you're practicing, you know, leading up to the day of your mission, or in this case, the race. 
And you've got your own set of skills and your own tasks that you have to execute. But then you've also got to be able to pick up the person on your left or your right in, in case they, they struggle or something happens. Or and we all know from our own military service, you know, Murphy's Law, uh, Murphy's going to throw a curveball at you. Uh, in this case, on the day of the race that you probably didn't practice for, but now you've really got to come together as a team in order to continue to move forward and achieve your objective, which is putting that driver uh, on the uh, on the podium at the end of the race. What we've really discovered here is that that type of environment in the motorsports world, it's not a lot different from what we all served uh, or what we all experienced inside the military in those small team environments, working together helping each other out and moving together as a team, even though we all had our own individual responsibilities. That's great to hear. Now, in terms of um, the actual nuts and bolts of how it works, we talk about the the motorsports in terms of driving in teams and pit crews and so on. Uh, I know that the, the drivers turn left. That's about all I know about racing. Um, are the veterans doing the driving? Are they working the crews? Are they planning? Are they what? What would the role of a veteran in, in this be? It could be a it could be a multitude of, of different positions. So uh, where we're active at uh, the three main series here in North America are IMSA, the International Motorsports Association, it's owned by NASCAR, uh, SRO, uh, powered by AWS, and then FEL Motorsports. And what these series are, it's all road racing. So if you, you know, when you're driving down, you know, I-95 here or I-70, and you take a look at that that BMW M4 that just passed you, or maybe that Mercedes or a Lamborghini or Ferrari, all these different OEMs are active in the road racing world. And they use road racing in order to showcase their hardware and what their cars are capable of. So these cars are really not a whole lot different than their road go- than the road-going cousins that you can go and buy off the showroom floor, but you know they're, they're they go through a multitude of different uh, safety measures uh, and some suspension upgrades and brakes and stuff. But essentially, it's not different. It's not much different than a road car. Uh, road car. So these cars turn left, they turn right, they go up elevation, down elevation. It's all it's all road racing. Um, that's where we're at. So what the beneficiary will find themselves in will be a multitude of options. Um, again, going back to that kind of pilot uh, and, and, and military uh, flight operations perspective where everybody sees the plane, everybody sees the pilot. Racing is no different. You go watch NASCAR, you go watch Indy, you go watch F1. Everybody sees the car and everybody sees the driver. In this case, though, it's that whole support crew behind the scenes that really allows that driver to get out there and do what they're going to do. So our beneficiaries might find themselves as crew members, you know, where they're doing tire prep, they're doing race engineering, they're doing car prep. Uh, they could be uh, doing hospitality for the teams. Everybody's got to eat and drink and, and stay uh, energized and, and you know for the race weekend. They could they could uh, also be in hospitality or fan outreach programs with some of the OEMs. I can remember down at Virginia International Raceway uh, a number of years ago where we had a, uh, a retired Army Sergeant Major who came out of the uh, the food uh, industry and really wanted nothing to do with motorsports, but he wanted to kind of be in that hospitality world. So we put him in with Lamborghini and their uh, hospitality tent, and he worked there for the weekend um, just helping with the, with with outreach on behalf of the manufacturer and, and helping give people a, a good time. Um, 
It could be photography, videography. You know, in that case, we'll 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 lash up the beneficiary with a uh, a professional photographer, and then they get to go to the different parts of the track that your normal fan will never have access to, and they they work on their photography skills, and then they might be supporting a team, they might be supporting the team's social media efforts, they might be supporting the series, but they're 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 capturing the stories of, of what's going on for that weekend. Uh, we have people inside the race series themselves, whether it's up in race control. If you think about that, it's kind of like an operations center uh, that you might be accustomed to from military operations. Uh, they could be in with race control. Uh, I'm sorry, race uh, tech and scrutineering where they're, you know, these cars have to go through a pre and post inspection, you know, to make sure that they're legal per the series rules. And they're, they're doing the measurements. They're checking weights. They're checking, you know, for, for certain things that the series requires every car must have. So it's it's a multitude of different things. We can potentially uh, create veteran drivers, but that's going to be more tied to our race of remembrance attendance. So um, at the series that we're in right now, it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot of gentleman drivers. It's a lot of professional drivers. You know, if you think about the kids that started go-karting when they were like six years old and just worked their way up the, a ladder system, that's, that's typically what your drivers might look like. That makes sense to me. It, it sounds like a an extraordinarily immersive experience. Uh, not simply the motorsports that I'd imagine, just picturing going out to the track and learning how to change tires. This this is the entire uh, motorsports ecosystem is involved in this. It, it absolutely is, and and what's really cool about our program is um, if, if somebody comes on board, it's not a one and done. It's not like you know. Um, where you're just coming out for the weekend and then and then that's it. If, if we find the right team uh, and it's a good fit for for the for the beneficiary and the team, we we've got some uh, folks that have been active with the same team uh, for uh, up to two years. Um, our program is designed to 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 uh, run for up to two years with the beneficiary, and then we'll move them on. You know, when they become alumni, and at that point, they're usually wanting to give back by coming on as a volunteer inside the organization. But we we limit ourselves to that two year mark right now, just because we want to give more potential uh, veterans or or medically releasing service members the opportunity to, be, to come through our program. And how might a veteran uh, either asked to be participate in this program or be recommended for this program yeah it's well first off they just have to go to uh operation motorsport.org uh go to our website and complete the uh, the interest form um at that point uh you'll be connected with uh our beneficiary coordinator or trustee uh right now in the united states that's craig neary and he's a, a retired air force uh E9 did about 30 years. Um, he will reach out and then we have a conversation, uh, usually about 30 to 45 minutes to, to find out what the individual is interested in, where their interests lie, what what's motivating them, um, what their challenges may be. Um, I mean, the motorsports world can be a physically demanding environment, uh, but don't let that fool you. We've got uh, one guy by the name of Adam who's a WIPT. Uh, who's been in and around the pits for the last couple of years uh, doing his thing. Um, you know, we'll have that conversation. And then at that point, it's a matter about finding the opportunity. Uh, we rely heavily on the race teams uh, to support us. Um, what that looks like is, you know, one, having a spot that the beneficiary can come into, uh, two, getting them, getting the beneficiary lashed up with somebody who can watch and oversee them and kind of show them the ropes 
We don't expect anybody to come in with any kind of mechanical skills or any kind of motorsports experience. Uh, we've had the, uh, we've had a lot of guys come in from the artillery side to guys like me who came in from the soft and military intelligence side. It, 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 you know, we don't, we don't look for any particular military skill set because what we've identified is just the fact that the individual served and that they understand, you know, inherently from, you know, we all get taught in boot camp how to work together as a team, how to continue to drive forward when challenged. Um, and then at that point, uh, the team, you know, brings them on board and, and puts them to work. Fantastic. And there, it's an interesting point you make about the veteran. It actually goes to a point I made in our previous block that the, the U.S. veteran is a unique person. They, they are interesting. That It is interesting that most of us can be put into a particular situation and irrespective of the situation, will connect with any other veteran and kind of know what to do next. Just out of Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, it, and I, I've seen that time and time again with the paddock and the new beneficiaries coming in. And then what we've really seen as well is the beneficiary is just wanting and, and so excited to to have the opportunity to show that they can still be a part of something, even though they've been medically released or they're, they're challenged with whatever their physical or, or mental health issues may be. Um, I mean, this, our programs have pulled guys and gals, you know, uh, frankly, out of, out of their parents' basements, you know, gotten them out of the house, gotten them reengaged back into uh, back into life. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we had a, a female soldier out of Fort Bragg that um, she was facing a med board and was, came through our program, was involved, and actually gave her the strength and the tenacity and the encouragement to go back and fight her med board to the point that she was allowed to continue to serve on active duty. So um, the skills and the confidence and the positive thing that this has, these programs have for, for their veterans or the, or the military member, uh, you know, can't be, can't be overstated. Uh, and even on the family side, we've, we've heard from multiple spouses of military members or veterans where it's just, the individual comes home from the weekend and it's just, they got a new, a new zing for life. They, they, they want to get back into the gym. They want to get back into education. They want to get back into just, you know, picking themselves up and moving forward, you know, as our, as, as we say there one day at a time. Being part of something bigger than yourself has always been something that drove me for sure. And I know most people, um, feel some degree of satisfaction knowing that they've contributed to that sort of a thing. I'm also fond of saying that, that I'm able to see what I can see because I, I stand where I am now because I stand on the shoulders of giants. I stand on the shoulders of the people that have gone before me and it's people just like you. And it's just like diesel. And it's just like Tiffany that I look at and realize that I'm able to do what I can do because people like you did what you did. So I want, I, I would like you to, to, to know my gratitude for the work that you've done. And I also know that there's a lot of hard work to be done yet. Um, if you would, you, you talked a little bit about how after a couple of years, some of the folks come back and, and they're really kind of motivated to giving back. And that's, it's a theme I've, I've been wanting to talk a great deal about um, around us veterans. And that's really giving back to make ourselves better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a good example. Um, I got involved with the organization in uh, in 2019 as I was trying to figure out what's going to be next in my next in my life as I was you know staring down the uh, staring down at military retirement. 
and uh, you know, uh, did a Google search, wanted to get involved with motorsports, and then found Operation Motorsport. Um, even though I wasn't medically releasing, uh, I got connected to Tiffany and Diesel, and um, they I met them at Mid Ohio in uh, in 2019 when I was volunteering uh, with another race car team. And just hit it off, you know. And it's that military bondness right there. I can remember uh, talking to Diesel, um, and he was wearing his IMSA uniform at the time because he was working uh, for IMSA uh, that weekend. And but I heard him come into the paddock, and I heard him talking about jumping out of airplanes. And at the time, I was on jump status and, and jumping out of airplanes. And right there, I then I knew he was a he was a veteran. So that that opened the door to, for us to start having a conversation. And then, you know, um, I've been with the organization ever since just giving back, seeing the power that this program has. Um, Craig, uh, I mentioned him earlier, our beneficiary trustee, he came through our program, um, and then is now decided to come on board as a, as a volunteer. And again, is that first contact with anybody wanting to come in and join our programs. Um, it was powerful enough that his wife, Donna, uh, joined him as well. And she's also on board now as a volunteer with us uh, up in Canada. We have a, a Darren Scott, who is a, a beneficiary of ours, uh, went through our program, has been a tremendous help in his own personal life. And his wife, Diana, just joined us as our administrative assistant. So it's 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 you see it day we see it day in and day out where you know people that come through the programs are just somehow get associated with us and just see the power that it has um and then um they continue just to want to give back like you're saying it's it's amazing what the military instills in each and every one of us that it's not about me or i it's about those around you it is it is and i find i i i had actually had a priest explain to me um the, this, the sort of the sensation I have uh, that some of us feel a little, even a little guilty about how we miss combat. And we realize that we don't miss combat. We miss knowing without a doubt that the person standing to our right and our left had everything, would give everything for our best interest, just like we would for them. That, as, that, as, that, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I mean, and, any, and anybody that's left the military, that's, that team identity and purpose, that's what we all struggle with. It's that much more difficult when you're being medically released because um, unlike those who ETS or unlike those who retire, you chose to leave. In this case, you're being forced out if you're being medically released or retired. And that that can be pretty stressful uh, just amongst trying to figure out what is next, but just not knowing that or just by the military kind of telling you, um, you know, you're no longer fit for duty. Um, that's, I can't imagine if, if the military would have ever told me that during my career and, and how I would have handled that. But, um, it's, it's, that's why we're here. That's why there's a lot of veteran advocacy organizations out there. But, you know, for us, we, we truly live and believe, um, you know, the, our mantra, you know, veteran recovery through motorsports. Um, we believe in that we live it day in and day out, um, we get everybody together at the end of the year and go to the race of remembrance ourselves as a team. Um, let me touch on, on, on that for a second to bring everybody together. You know, if you, if you stop to think about everything I've just said, the beneficiaries embedded with their crew, their race team or their series kind of by themselves. Now we have an event coordinator on tap or some sort of volunteer on site at every event, 
just to keep an eye on them, make sure they're, you know, eating well, make sure they're staying hydrated, make sure they're mentally, you know, where they need to be or physically where they need to be. But then they take all those skills. And then in November, we go back to Wales. And now we race together as a team. Uh, last year, we, we had two cars, uh, thanks to Skip Marble Racing School. Um, they loaned us two Honda Civic Type R's, and we shipped them over to Wales. And then we got to compete. You know, 39 people total uh, got to compete as an Operation Motorsport race team. And that's where that's where really the bonding happens. And that's where the lifelong you know connections are made. Your races for Isle of Man uh, going forward um, and bringing the whole team going forward. You mentioned something earlier about e-motorsports. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. I'm sorry. For e-motorsports. Oh, e-motorsports. Yes. yes so our e-motorsports. So that is part of our diversionary therapy program. And if any of your if any of your listeners listeners out there are familiar with iRacing, um, it is a computer sim based racing program that's used by a lot of professional drivers. Uh, before they ever head to the real track. And we started this program, uh, you know, right when COVID was kicking off. You know, when COVID happened, you know, the real racing world shut down and we had to find a way in order to continue to engage with our our uh, program participants. So we started an iRacing League. Um, and then what we really discovered is there was a whole untapped veteran and military community out there that we didn't even know really existed. Um, these are individuals that are into motorsports, uh, into sim racing, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're not really ready to, to venture out into the real world. So we started up this league, um, you know, in, we've had, uh, 35, 50 plus veterans partake with us over the last few years where we get together on a Tuesday night in the safety of each of, each of our homes. And we race each other, uh, very friendly competition. Um, and we have our discord channel where people can join and communicate. And what that ended up turning into though, for us was the ability for some of these individuals to really realize that they're not alone to, to realize that they do have a support base out there and to build their network to where they can share their struggles or their challenges or their suggestions by, you know, working through the VA, working through the various uh, medical retirement process or trying to go back and get their VA claim re-looked at. Uh, but then we've also had folks that have, you know, used that as a stepping stone to come into the uh, actual motorsports world and the real life events. Um, this year alone, I think we've got three or four folks who came to us through our e-motorsports program. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that for your listeners. That, that, that's another way that people can can join in uh, and get involved with us. That also seems to be a fascinating demonstration of how, how a veteran might be able to see that they're perfectly capable of reaching out and supporting another veteran while in the process of being helped themselves. That, that, that to me was, was, was a big revelation as, as I looked at, Honestly, truthfully, I looked at people like you and wondered how, how could I give like he does needing what I need um, without, because of, A, I didn't know how to ask for that help. And then once I did get that help and I, and I, and I did understand it, I was able to see that um, I could give it away as I was getting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, it's like what we talked about in that earlier segment. It's, it, it's knowing that, 
you know, we've all, it's all been instilled into us that, you know, it's okay to ask for help uh, when you need it. Um, but it's a, it's also, we never lose, lose that ethos that was instilled into each and every one of us through our military service of, of looking out for that person to your left and your right. Now, can you tell me how a vet would be, would be qualified for this program? What kind of Um, veteran are you looking for this program? Well, any branch of service, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, right now we've got, we actually have all, uh, five with, uh, with the Coast Guard, uh, a couple of Coast Guard veterans joining us this year. So Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard on the U.S. side. Uh, Canada has been primarily from the Army. Um, uh, we don't have anybody from the Space Force yet, so I'm waiting for that first application to come in. <laughs> but, um, you know, typically what we see are people probably in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, we see people who, you know, we try to identify people before they get out of the service. So these will be individuals who have been identified when they're going through the med board process. Um, the way we find those individuals or the way they can learn about it, uh, primarily here in the U.S. is through the USO uh, and their Pathfinder program. Um, that's the best way for people to, to figure out who we are. If they're already out. Then a lot of it's uh, social media. You know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. Word of mouth um, at various event, uh, racing events, we'll have what's called our Patriot Car Corral, where we put up a booth basically in a tent and we have a non uh, car specific or brand specific car corral to where we're bringing in and inviting you know, local uh, military veterans from the area just to come and. Have fun at the race for a day. Come come get to know who we are, but also just to come and see who else is in their local area where they get they can start building their own local support network. Uh, Jason, I really appreciate your time. Now, before we go, uh, I want to ask you, how can we give to Operation Motorsports and what does Operation Motorsports need most from us? Well, we are primarily a privately funded organization. So like any nonprofit, we rely on the generosity of our donors. But I talked briefly about the Race for Remembrance. What I'd like to highlight for your listeners today is our Honor Your Hero campaign. So as I mentioned, we took two race cars to the Race for Remembrance last year. And on the hoods of those cars, we carried the name of a military member or veteran uh, based upon somebody in their family or friends making a small donation to our organization, and we carry their name on the hood of the car. So if you would like to contribute, uh, help support that cause, you can text the uh, word HONOR-THEM, again, that's HONOR-THEM, to 243725. That'll give you a link onto your phone. You can go in there, and for $40, uh, put down the name of your hero, uh, military member, past or present, could still be serving, doesn't have to be, and we will happily carry their name on the hook of our uh, entries for the 2023 Race of Remembrance. That's that's fantastic. Uh, and it's honor-them at 243-725, correct? That is correct. Outstanding. Jason, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, love, the, love the sound of the wonderful things that Operation Motorsports is doing. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. The variety and depth of opportunity in that organization strikes me as, as quite remarkable for any veteran that wants to enjoy. And again, remember the, the, the program Honor Them. It's honor-them. Text it to 243-725.
to add the name of your veteran to the hood of their car for the race for remembrance in the Isle of Man. Our veteran crisis line is 988, then select option one, or you can text 838-255. You can chat www.veterans.veteranscrisisline.net. Don't forget, no matter how dark, no matter how far, no matter how daunting it seems to be, you are not alone. Now, as we're moving forward through these programs and these these processes in this everyday life, again, I want to I want to bring you back to the idea of service, reaching out to another, reaching out to an organization for which you can help, reaching out just to your neighbor and reach out for assistance. That that information could be the, the information to save your life, but more importantly, you could be saving the life of somebody else simply by reaching out. Speak with your, your neighbors, speak with your friends, talk to them about, about the issues with which they're dealing, because you never know which one of us has something deep, something hard. So which one of us is carrying a load, a burden that's, that is just a little too much, where all they need is just a touch. They just need a friendly word. We just need a kind gesture. Be the change you want to see. We've heard this time and time again from various different organizations. Some you like, some you don't. The truth remains that if we are not the ones that are modeling this improvement, we, it will never change. So bringing our service back to the center, bringing the idea of sharing, bringing the idea of of moving ourselves forward by serving others, we then move ourselves into a place where our own recovery and our own life moving forward is that much more valuable. As I mentioned earlier, our U.S. veteran is a unique person, a servant, a volunteer, and a representative of our culture. The United States veteran has carried many on its back. The United States veteran has moved forward with with abandon, in many cases, caring with strangers. We're looking forward to speaking with you again and again. I want to thank all of those that came before us. Thank you for listening. And may God bless America. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me